0: Well, your friends at Books of the Year are lining up a special Q&A section here with the one and only Grace Dent. Her book is called Hungry, and uh, the, the chat about that book specifically uh, will be available from where you've got this podcast. Matt is still lined up with his top questioning. Are you there, Matt? Just checking in. I out. am, yes. Yes, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and Grace is still there. Are you still there, Grace, I think?
1: Still here.
0: Okay, so uh, question number one. Grace Dent, the last book you really, really enjoyed.
1: Okay, so the part of the question that I've I've noticed is really, really and that's really interesting because yeah. Very important. It's got to be that it's got to be that thing that you actually enjoyed and not something that you're just pretending when you're at, at dinner parties and things. Yeah. The thing I, I I loved uh Kenneth Williams, just Williams, his autobiography. It um now people say to me that if you actually read his diaries uh, they are much more honest, so I think the autobiography is is a little bit more glossed over. Uh, but in in these truths, however, I love Kenneth Williams, and it's all about him working with uh, Hancock, working with Joe Orton, working on the Carry On films, uh, his friendship with Stanley Baxter, and his own mother. And yeah, it's just it's just taken me it's it's taken me away and into a, a, a lovelier place
0: do you have a favorite food writer obviously apart from yourself
1: oh you know my favorite food writer is um always nigel slater i i love nigel slater because uh he isn't i think right he isn't too kind of overly familiar and and, and kind of almost like professing his love of socializing and and cooking for big groups of people he doesn't do that and I really identify with that you always feel with Nigel Slater that he just likes his own company and that he is creating food almost just to enjoy for himself or be with yeah. one other person and I love the fact with there's something I just love about Nigel that he I love his television shows I love the fact that You can see he's actually in his complete element when they just let him cook in his own kitchen and get on with it. And when he gets pushed out and made to kind of, you know, these bits that TV companies, they always make you want to go and talk to the public. (laughs) And you can see (laughs) that he doesn't actually kind of like it. And I like that. Uh, I think Nigel Slater's Eat is, is one of the greatest books you can give people. It's just very short, precise, very easy to use. They're like recipes, but they're almost like suggestions of if you have this piece of meat, here are four things that might go with it. And it's, uh, they're kind of ideas that just like give you inspiration to cook rather than actual recipes. And I just, I just think Eat is one of those books you can give to someone that says, I want to cook, but I don't know where to start.
0: And I think if if you are a Nigel Slater fan, you're going to love this Grace Dent book because I think they're kind of, they feel like they, They come from the same stable of uh, yeah. people who absolutely love food but have a story to tell. And uh, I think, I've, anyway, so I think the Nigel Slater oh. fan. Oh, well, look, there's a quote from Nigel Slater on here saying, An extraordinary memoir, vivid, irreverent, heartbreaking, and deliciously funny. Grace Dent at her best.
1: Oh, honestly, that Thanks. just, it, it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me when he agreed to do that. I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was just like. Now, you know next, over qu- the next
0: question is there a book you'd like to step inside of it's a bit of a weird question but you know where the world is is so captivating and wonderful that you just like to disappear inside it
1: you know the book that i always uh i always kind of recommend to people i'd like to live inside it is uh inside nancy mitford's world in the pursuit of love and that is, uh, it's it's a book about a, a kind of a, a crazy extended aristocrat family between the wars. Uh, and they're all uh, in this kind of huge stately home called uh, Alconley. And they're just all, they're all eccentrics. And uh, they, it's about the children and the children have their own special place in the house where they hide. And, and it's this... It, it's it's the really deliciously sarcastic slightly mad aristocrats being eccentric and that you know the the kind of aristocrats i like where you know where they love their dogs more than people and it it's it, it it's just a world that i love it's a world that i completely it's not where i was from i know nothing about it and when i was growing up i didn't like stories really about you know mallory towers or any of those posh, the, the the famous five the secret seven those types of things but when i got hold of an adult version of it the nancy mitford stuff i i love nancy mitford i don't i mean i i it, it's something i push on everybody it's not for everyone though it's one of those things you might hate can can
0: you describe your book collection for us grace and not just not just the ones that are obviously on display to be able to impress everyone else which we all do uh which uh, you know I've got my very hard very long difficult books that I use to impress people and I make sure those are in the front room but what what about the rest of your book collection the ones you've actually read
1: you know i um I often at some point i I would like at one point in my life to put the my book my books into an order which impresses people but that you know I just I've just got, um, I've got thousands of books in the living room and they're everything from the things I did at A-level and the books I've brought with me from university in the 90s. Uh, So lots of, just lots of fiction and anthologies of poetry. And then, but then you just also get into, oh God, just, just, uh, I mean, look, I get sent... Everything that's been written in the last 20 years for a strong woman, I have been sent that through my my letterbox. So if you came in here, you would think I was a radical... I was a <laughs> radical feminist chick lit lover, and the only reason I don't read any of them—I don't read any of them at all. The only reason they're here is because I'm too bone idle to take them to the charity shop, and they also—they've got lovely covers. They're quite pretty. Saves having to paint. I can put them in front of patches of like where the, where I need to paint the wall. But I—I just—I've got just and, and thousands of cookbooks. I also get sent everybody's cookbooks, and then. And then I can't give them away or do anything with them because someone will see me basically dumping them all in a charity shop as well. So, <laughs> I can't. so yeah, I've just got I, I've just got two at the moment. My book collection. I would love to tell you that it's color coded so it it matches my walls and and I but really I just look like a hoarder. Can you describe your <laughs> kitchen? Oh God, this is a very sore point because again. My kitchen um, has, uh, has revealed it itself to me to be completely on its last legs over lockdown. And lots of different things have happened and I have a problem with the roof in the kitchen. Uh, and, it, the, and and my, uh, my, my two options are to basically start the whole thing from scratch and have the dream kitchen that I would love But then I would have to have that Grand Designs thing where you have to go and live in a caravan and get pregnant and have Kevin thingy (laughs) round or whatever. And then, or I move, right, and buy another place that, and then don't have to bother doing. So instead of doing either of those things, what I'm actually doing is just letting the kitchen really, really drive me mad. So in my head, the kitchen looks a little bit like... um, when I go on Instagram and I see my friends that have done their kitchens up so beautifully that it actually makes me existentially sad and depressed <laughs> to look at Instagram, you know, and you just look, you can't kind of open, you look at it, and they've just they've they've just got these you know be- these beautiful beautiful kitchens. Um, in reality, all the lights have gone at the far end of the kitchen because a rat has got into the into the roof. <laughs> And eaten. Now, I've heard the song right in My Kitchen, and what I would say is it's a little bit too upbeat for the situation I'm actually in <laughs> at the moment, not feeling happy at all. <laughs> I think Ali Campbell would not get two verses out of this. I just, it, it's eaten all the lights. So there's one part of my kitchen at the moment that I need a torch to look in my cupboard. But what my, I does look, I think these are all probably. First world problems,
0: though. <laughs> but <laughs> hang, hang on. I mean, what, what are you what what are you going to do about the? Uh, yeah, what,
1: what am I going to do? do? I'm going to fix <laughs> yeah. that rat. I'm going to fix that That's what you're that going to do. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix that rat. Honestly, the, all that happens is men in overalls keep coming around to my house, putting one hand on the hip and going. Pfft, and pointing to where they think the rat's coming from, and then putting some poison down and leaving, and I give the buddy, and then the rat comes back. The rat (laughs) is on holiday in my kitchen, (laughs) right? (laughs) I keep seeing it going by. It's like literally, it's like clutching a towel, like it's going to a lago. It's like, (laughs) I just, I've maybe had a little bit too much time to think about this. Okay. so yeah the kitchen is a sore point it's really like when when i started to look at some of the questions that you might have might put to me i thought i really hope they don't ask me about the kitchen
0: that's the best answer we've had oh, there you that's go brilliant definitely <laughs> yeah. the best yeah. matt, just matt choose because we're out of time just choose one more one more okay. question for okay i'm um, just one more for you is your favorite autobiography
1: Uh, My favourite autobiography is always Rupert Everett's Red Carpets and Other Banana Skins because he, he just talks about having a really, really exciting, glamorous, sexy, debauched, vulnerable life, you know, full of full of ups and downs and rejections and hanging out with celebrities and the realities of it. And he talks about Madonna and Sharon Stone and the Oscars and Donatello Versace. And it's it's just great. I, I love him and and, it, and it's a really good book. I mean, I, it's just, um, it's a proper, it's a proper autobiography. And people th- say that I've gone quite far in what I've written. And I don't think I've, I, I don't think I've gone as far as that. However... I've um, this is only my first one, so I think I might go a bit further in the in the other ones. I just have to oh. wait for some people to die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great, that's always the best, uh, Grace.
1: <laughs> th- Grace,
0: thank you, for, thank you very much. When do you think you might get back to actually reviewing restaurants? Because you said at the beginning oh, of our last gosh. chat that you you know you'd been in your house all this time. When do you think the? Because I was reading that people so, some of the smart end restaurants are really worried that they won't turn up again, you know, they won't open again.
1: Well, well, I mean, this is the thing. Uh, it, I, I like to think that we'll, by mid-December in 2020, we will all be maybe up and running in some form. And I hope that that's all I can hope for, that we start to get some semblance of normality. I think that the one thing that lockdown has taught... All of us, it's very, the things that we took for granted, whether it be restaurants or theatre or jumping about at the front of a gig or whatever, we want them things back. We just took them for granted. <laughs> and I think that once we get through all of this, whenever it is, they're the first things that will come back. We just want to see each other and be silly. That's all we want.
0: Grace, uh, it's been fantastic speaking to you. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you. you you've really cheered me up, the pair of you. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to talk to you about... I mean, the whole thing with Carlisle has just blown my mind.
2: Hello, I'm Violet Manners, and welcome to Hidden Heritage, the podcast that brings you inside Great Britain's favourite destinations. From the same team that brought you the number one history podcast, Duchess... Hidden Heritage will uncover the fascinating stories behind the UK's brightest shining hidden gems. You'll hear from top experts in British heritage, including custodians, historians, artisans, experts, and even the craftsmen and restorers who've worked on some of the most celebrated historic buildings. We will share the untold and unique stories that celebrate UK heritage, from landmarks to architecture, artifacts to myths and legends. Hidden Heritage will highlight a side to British history you have never seen before. I'm your host, Violet Manners, and founder of Heritage X, and I invite you all to join us on this exciting journey. This is Hidden Heritage. You can find Hidden Heritage wherever you listen to your podcasts.